ಆರ್ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಆರ್ ಭವಂತಃ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯ ಸತ್ರಂ ಶೃಣ್ವಂತಿ ಯು ಆರ್ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಟೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಆರ್ ಫ್ಯೂಚರ್ ಪರ್ಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟಿವ್ಸ್ ಆನ್ ಪೇರೆಂಟಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಜುಕೇಶನ್ ಅ ಕಾನ್ವರ್ಸೇಷನ್ ವಿತ್ ಪ್ರೊಫೆಸರ್ ವಂಸಿ ಜುಲೂರಿ ಪ್ರೊಫೆಸರ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೀಡಿಯಾ ಸ್ಟಡೀಸ್ ಆಟ್ ದಿ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಸ್ಯಾನ್ ಫ್ರಾನ್ಸಿಸ್ಕೋ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಥರ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೆವರಲ್ ಬುಕ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ಕ್ಲೂಡಿಂಗ್ ದ ಬೆಸ್ಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಲಿಂಗ್ ರಿಆರ್ಮಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಂದೂಯಿಸಮ್ let me jump into your books a little bit because i i, I got to tell you my daughter loves your books uh and uh they're amazing uh, you know a literary device in a format that i think uh, really talks to speaks to speaks across ages so let me do that so your new book uh, you know the kishkindha series seems to have an uncanny resemblance to things that are going on in the world now with you know people hiding in caves or fighting with survival or whatever Uh, can you share a little bit more about you know the two books your research with the intelligence as well as and let me show my copy of uh, firekeepers of jawalpuri which my daughter absolutely loves so, uh yeah why don't we talk about those two books the trilogy that you're making and how it sort of is allegorical in its nature and reflects what's going on in the world yeah so the the first book was um um this one so uh, saraswati's intelligence uh, inspired by hanuman um, and then the second book is uh, so i've sent you a copy by the way so autograph and uh, yeah so this one is the fire keepers of jwala jwalapuram which just came out uh, a few months ago um, so i began writing this trilogy in 2013 and uh, you know my father was very excited about it you know he really Uh, if you remember those that was around the time the whole quote and quote mythological fiction genre took off you know with amesha's you know shiva novel and everything and i found it very exciting because it was a very new way of uh, retelling um, the stories um, you know which were both contemporary but at the same time fairly um, you know respectful and tried to bring out the same ethical universe um, so i started working on uh hanuman at that time um and so saraswati's intelligence takes place in a land called kishkindha which is uh, in my novel it's basically like prehistoric india you know and uh, there is amazing civilization um and you know very very simple you know they live in the caves and you know in the forests and everything they're simple um uh, but they have this code called parama dharma which means you know don't spill any blood and uh, uh they're living in a wonderful in a fairly idyllic life and then there is this mysterious uh invasion that is starting to take place and uh, a lot of the um you know elephants are being attacked uh so basically saraswati's intelligence is about uh, the invasion of kishkindha by a, a new species uh which later will be called the unbalanced ones so because all the kishkindans have balances and the balance means tail so the unbalanced ones are like this new species which invades them and they're very very violent uh so that's the story there uh part 2 picks up uh you know where part 1 sort of leaves uh ends um and part to actually you know you, so there's a volcano on the cover um it's actually a reference to a real historical event and a real site a real wow. place in india 
with a lot of significance to the question of Indian origins. And that is uh, the town of Jua the village of Jwalapuram, mm. which is in Karnul district, not very far from Mantralayam, incidentally, where you, you, you lived for a while, you know, Ravinder Swami's uh, holy place. Uh, so Jwalapuram um, was actually my father told me about Jwalapuram because he had read that there was uh, this amazing research that was done there, which proved continuity of existence before and after the Toba volcano explosion of 70,000 BCE. Wow. Okay. Uh, so in 70,000 BCE, um, you know, there was a volcano in Indonesia which erupted, covering you know, uh, a huge part of Asia with this volcanic ash. There was you know, mass extinction, all these things. But some people or early people, whatever species they were, they survived. And mm -hmm. the survival was discovered by uh, a great archaeologist and friend of mine, Professor Ravi Korisetar, mm -hmm. uh, who you know, dug under this you know, like 10-foot trench cake of volcanic ash and found the same kind of tools above and below. So, so forget this silly you know, Aryan invasion stuff. I mean, you know, if you, our Indian history textbook should be starting in Jwalapuram, 70,000 BC. Uh, but anyways, I, I've digressed into textbooks, but okay. So the story now is there's this volcano explosion and Hanuman and all his friends are surviving acid rain and mm -hmm. uh, you know, crops and plants and trees dying everywhere. Plus all sorts of politics taking place uh, within the family and you know, with all these invaders coming. Um, so book two, the, you know, the strange thing that happened about book two is most of book two takes place with people surviving a natural disaster. So they're hiding in caves basically in order to survive. Mm. And now, one week after my book comes out in early March, the whole world has now gone into caves. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, no, it's, it's fascinating. And so let's explore this idea of Paramadharma a little bit more. I mean, it's central to your theme. Uh, do you think it's relevant today? And uh, what events or experiences led you to think about it? Yeah, so Paramadharma is just a play on the word Ahimsa, as you can guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I think it's uh, the m most important idea for us to think about. I mean, beyond the sort of uh, shallow uh, Gandhi Malala, uh, you know, poster <laughs> in turn into. No, I kid you not. In 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 American campuses today, so that's sort of how the iconography goes. It's Gandhi and Malala. So I mean, Gandhi till Gandhi King, it was. It made sense, and now it's Gandhi, King Malala, and uh, um, so anyway, uh, Paramadharma. So Ahimsa, uh, I think, is a very, very important uh, tool for us to understand a situation in the world. It's not just about behavior, and it is really, first of all, about understanding. And um, so in the novel, I've sort of set it up as what happens when there's a code which is very, very rigorous, you know. So actually the book, the series begins with Hanuman being banished for a Paramadharma violation. You know, mm. by, yeah, you know, poor Hanuman, you know, who 
anyway, so, uh, you know, so, and then you actually have the species which has no concept of Paramadharma. In fact, book two actually takes us into this new regime that comes called Pragati Dharma. Right. So now with uh, book three is going to see this conflict between this new establishment, which has an ideal called Pragati Dharma. Right. And the way they're setting up Pragati and again, you know, the parents here will appreciate this is by setting up this new institution called the school. Kishkindan <laughs> children are forced to tie up their balances around their waist or, you know, their tails are beaten or burnt. And so it's um, connected to present times. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I was interested in this idea because I was reading quite a bit about, uh, you know, animal rights, speciesism, and, and this whole idea of anthropocentrism, right? Because in mm -hmm. academia, especially in my field, we're talking all the time about race and class and gender and all that. And really, you know, the big question is speciesism. How, how does the modern world, you know, claim to be for human rights and everything, and at the same time pretend, you know, animals are just objects, you know, are just there for our dominion, you know. Mm -hmm. And even now, even after all the catastrophe that's happened these last five or six months, you know, that is the elephant in the room nobody's talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, fascinating. So then, you know, why Hanuman? You know, why did you pick on the Hanuman character? I mean, uh, I, I find fascinating the idea of Hanuman being banished for a violation of Paramadharma code. I mean, maybe in, we are going into a world where even Arjun might be banished. Similarly, in today's world, if the thought police had their way of enforcing the Paramadharma. Uh, tell me more about your choice for uh, using Hanuman and, you know, how does this trilogy different, is different from the first novel you published back in 2010 with Penguin. Uh, so this was about uh, essentially the role of these stories, and I mean, which typically, you know, in the modern world, you know, are called mythologicals. And uh, of course, epistemologically, we, we hold them as, we see them as anything but myths. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so this whole book is sort of an, uh, a reflection on what it means to believe a story, you know. And uh, so it starts with uh, uh, this childhood in a great uh, Telugu filmmaker's family, you know, um, and then how the film industry changes and how this guy comes to America, 9-11 happens. So um, lots of uh, different uh, stories over there. So this book, Mythologist, was very much in, uh, in, in the tradition of, uh, okay, I'll just recap that because it got interrupted. Uh, so the Mythologist was very much in the tradition of a, a literary novel in the sense that um, it's, it's a novel where the form and con the form is probably even more important than the content, you know, in a sense, the language, the words, you know, invite you to so soak it in and enjoy it. So which is why, you know, there's Salman Rushdie or, um, you know, uh, Amitav Ghosh and all are appreciated because, um, you know, it's not just the story itself, but it's, attention to the form of it. Uh, and that actually in a sense is something I like to do. Uh, and that's what it did in rearming Hinduism as well, because even though it was a partly academically inspired book, I think, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. attention to art was there. Uh, but Hanuman was more straightforward. It was in a way I challenged myself because I wanted to keep it more action oriented. 
uh, right. which was new for me, and tried to keep the writing as straightforward as possible. Um, and why Hanuman particularly? Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting. So there were so many novels coming out about you know Shiva and Krishna and everyone, and for some reason Hanuman was just waiting for me. No one picked Hanuman. <laughs> Nobody claimed it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 my father was very keen on it. Right. Because it's you know one he was a zoologist so he had this whole Hanuman and you know prehistoric uh, world you know pre-human world thing and also because uh, you know my father you know uh, was very fond of the whole Dvaita tradition and uh, you know Madhvacharya is believed by uh, Madhvas to be a sort of an incarnation of Hanuman yeah. uh, and then you know I visited Hampi once in two thousand five that was the first time and. Right. You know, when I went, I thought Hampi is or Vijayanagara historic, but then I realized it's not just historic; it's sacred. You know, Hampi. Yeah. You know, it's like Kishkinda. It's Hanuman is everywhere. You know, by that sacred river. Um, so yeah, Hanuman is sort of my um, you know prayer for reclaiming um, Kishkinda for the whole planet. Announcing the Agastya Quiz Contest. Test your knowledge of everything about Bharata. Bharatiya history, geography, culture, arts, traditional knowledge systems, itihasas, and puranas, as teams of school children battle it out for the championship. Win special audience prizes. Alternate Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Radio Naira. Participation is open to school children from all educational, cultural, and other organizations that promote Bharatiya Parampara. Are you interested in having a team from your organization participate? or interested in sponsoring prizes, contact us at info at radionaira.com. Mm-hmm.